From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Niles Pearson, Johnny, at Universal Adjustment Bureau. Oh, how are you, Niles? Worried at the moment. Can you help me out? I don't know. What's on your mind? $65,000 worth of horse flesh. Ever hear of Duke Red? Yeah, I think so. The Futurity last year? That's a horse. Johnny, Columbia Indemnity is going to have to settle a claim on him. Why? Duke Red was seriously injured and had to be destroyed. Did you say 65000 Yeah. No wonder you're worried, Niles. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Universal Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Duke Red matter. Expense account item one, $197.80. Airfare and incidentals getting me from Hartford to San Francisco and a town about 40 miles south of there called San Pietro. At the San Pietro Hotel, I learned that the Abbott Ranch was some five miles outside of town, but that the Abbott Stables maintained offices in San Pietro. I'd like to get in touch with Mr. Abbott. My name's Johnny Dollar. Oh, Mr. Abbott's never here. He's mostly out at the ranch. You'll have to see him there. Oh. Well, uh, is there any place in town I can rent a car? Not that I know of. Bus? Afraid not. What's your business with Mr. Abbott? Insurance. I'm here to adjust a claim of his. Oh, yes, Duke Red. Could I see Mr. Abbott's business manager? Uh, Mr. Monroe? Mr. Monroe isn't with Mr. Abbott's office any longer. Well, now, that's funny. He was with Mr. Abbott's office three days ago when he notified us that a claim was being filed in this manner. I got it right here on paper. Oh. Well, you might as well know. Mr. Abbott and Mr. Monroe ended things. Mr. Abbott let him go. Mm, I see. Who's in charge now? No one at the moment. Maybe I can put you in touch with Mr. Abbott at the ranch. Good. 9433, three, please. Smoke? No, thanks. Hello, Cully. This is Judy at the office. Is Mr. Abbott there? When do you expect him? Thanks. Out for the day, Mr. Dollar. <laughs> I'm not doing very well, am I? I wish I could be more helpful. Well, maybe you can. Uh, this man, Monroe, if you could tell me where I can get in touch with him, I'd appreciate it. Didn't you understand? He doesn't work for Mr. Abbott any longer. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, he did notify us about the claim. Evidently, he's aware of the circumstances in the matter, and that's what I'm here to talk about. I see. Well? Mr. Monroe isn't in San Pietro any longer. He moved out of town on Tuesday. But where? He didn't leave a forwarding address, Mr. Dollar. <laughs> Where's the laundry going to send their bills? How about the finance company? He just left, and that's it. You want to know something? I don't get it. She dropped her eyes, mumbled something about having work to do, and uh, we left it at that. I put it in the back of my mind and asked someone else about this, Mr. Monroe. 
Then I got busy solving one of my immediate problems. Expense account item two, $50. Deposit on a 1940 Terraplane station wagon I managed to rent from a man who ran a filling station. Idea was $10 a day plus gas. Item three, $5.08, a tank full of gas. The terraplane bucked a little, but it got me outside of town about four miles to the office of a tall, lanky man who never took his hat off. Dr. James Gorey, veterinarian. All the way from Hartford, Connecticut, huh? Yes, that's right. And having sunshine like this back there now, I'll bet you you'll hear about the Duke, huh? Duke Red, yes. The people who wrote the policy want me to look into the matter. Hope there's nothing wrong. Is there? No, a matter of procedure, doctor. Mr. Abbott's filed a claim for $65,000 indemnity, the loss of his racehorse. Mr. Monroe, who handled these matters for Mr. Abbott, is no longer around. Uh, yes, I understood they quarreled. Yeah. Mr. Abbott isn't around at the moment either, so I came to you. I don't believe I understand this. If Ben Abbott's bought that much insurance, he's sure got a right to file a claim for damages. Well, it's just good business to get the facts, Dr. Gorey, that's all. Quite a bit of money involved here. Yes, Red was worth lots more than that, though. Oh? That horse would have won over $500,000, in my opinion. Full racing terminal. Yeah, well, it's too bad about all this. I understand from Mr. Monroe's correspondence that uh, you treated the animal, Doctor. Yeah. Um, yes. I take care of most of Ben's stock when they're here. When he's not on the road racing. Uh-huh. I'd like to know exactly how the accident happened, Doctor. There was uh, something about a piece of machinery? A tractor with the blades up. Huh? Uh, Duke Red stumbled back into it hard. Cut through his right hamstring all the way to the bone. I see. Do you make out a report in a case like this? In any case, Mr. Dollar. An animal is just like a human. This one's more valuable than most, I guess. Any of them liable to get sick or hurt sometimes. Here's a report. Thanks. They're pretty careful out there with all those animals. Naturally, they constitute a considerable investment on Ben Abbott's part. Yeah, sure. Oh. Most of the tendons cut, huh? Yes. Them as wasn't severed were ruptured. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What? Well, there's a notation about the carcass. Cremated on the premises? Yeah. Well, let's see. The accident happened Sunday night. Cremated same night. Why so fast, Doctor? Ben Abbott wanted it that way. Can't blame him, I guess. Maybe not. But it'll make my job a little more complicated. Unless some x-rays were taken of the injury. There was no need for me to go into x-rays. Paralysis had already set in by the time I got there. Yeah, but that doesn't help me much, does it? Hmm? What do you mean? No carcass, no proof of the extent of injury to the animal. Lord, man, the animal was in a bad way. It was a mortal injury. How was he destroyed? Shotgun. Could he have lived? I mean, long enough for me to... You don't understand, Mr. Dollar. It had been wrong not to destroy him with injuries like that. Mr. Abbott called you in right after the accident happened, did he? Yes. I got out there maybe 15 minutes later. Ben was alone with the horse. The minute I laid eyes on that animal, I knew he was finished, that he'd have to be destroyed. You advised, Mr. Abbott, that the horse had to be destroyed? I didn't have to. He knew it. He knows horse flesh as good as any vet alive. Well, did you consider calling in someone else? What? Another doctor for consultation. I tell you, man, there was no use in going into anything like that. Did Mr. Abbott ask you to call in another vet? No, he did not. Who else was there? Nobody. 
No stable hand? No member of Mr. Abbott's family? No. Well, who saw the accident? Mr. Abbott. Who else? I don't know, Mr. Dollar. Like I said, just Ben was there when I got there. I haven't any proof that the animal was injured. You just read my report. I've got $65,000 to worry about, Dr. Gorey. I'll need more than just a report. Young man, I've been in business here over 30 years. I've done business with Ben Abbott over 20 years. You come here asking me if I called in another vet, if I did this, if I did that. There isn't a man around here who won't take my word. Why don't you? Part of my job, Dr. Gorey. Huh? I can't take anybody's word for anything. Mr. Dollar, I'd be obliged if you'd get out of here. I obliged, Dr. Gorey. I got out of there. Driving back to San Pietro on my terraplane, it struck me as odd that Gorey, certainly aware of the value of the injured horse, had not taken so much as a photograph to verify the story of the accident. For that reason, I decided to verify Dr. Gorey himself. Well, hello. Hi. How you doing? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you can help me. All right, try me. Well, this Dr. Gorey, is he new around here? <laughs> You're joking. No, I'm not. He's a fixture. He's been in this part of the country 30 or 40 years. They say he's the best vet this side of Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> that takes in quite a bit of real estate. Is he loaded? I think he could retire and give advice over the phone. These horse racing people make new parents look like indifferent vegetables. They do? You don't know. A horse sneezes once and they're ready to call the Mayo Brothers. <laughs> Dr. Gorey's practically the whole Mayo Clinic in horsey circles. Say, how did you know about him? The insurance report. <laughs> of course. Well, I suppose you'd want to talk to him. Look, I'm driving out that way. I'd be glad to give you a lift. Oh, that's mine out there. That? Yeah, rented it from a filling station man down the street. Oh. Well, you just drive right on past the filling station for about three miles and you'll see Dr. Gorey's place. Oh, thanks, but I've already been there. Huh? Yeah, just left him. Well, then why are you asking me about him? Heavens. Just asking. <laughs> You're a funny one. <laughs> hey, what's your name? Judy Brown. About finished here for the day? As a matter of fact, yes. Well, Judy Brown, let you and I go get something to eat and drink. How do you know I haven't got a husband? I don't. Have you? No. Well, how about it? Give me five minutes. Judy, I'm going to get right to the point. How long have you worked for Mr. Abbott? A year and a half. Why? You're from San Pietro? No, San Francisco. I answered an ad. I wanted to get out in the country for a while, away from the city life. Mm -hmm. All right. What happened between Monroe and Abbott? They had a quarrel. <laughs> a loud, loud quarrel. Mr. Abbott's very good with a quarrel. Oh, is he? Yes. You know, even I've wondered about that. What? Mr. Monroe quarreling with Mr. Abbott and then just leaving all of a sudden... Probably went to San Francisco. I don't know where else he... Oh. What's the matter, Judy? That looks like Mr. Monroe now. Monroe? Yes, end of the bar. I thought he was away. It's him, all right. Oh, I'd like to talk to him. You'll have to hurry. Looks like he's getting ready to leave. Yeah. Excuse me. Sure. Hey. Hey, just a minute. You calling me? Yes. Mr. Monroe? 
Yes? Johnny Dollar, Universal Adjustment Bureau. I'm in town about the claim on Duke Red. But I heard you'd left town. I had. You talked to Mr. Abbott about that claim. Well, you had power of attorney for him and signed the claim. I wonder if I could talk to you. I'm leaving town again. Right away. Well, look, can't I just have a minute of your time? It wasn't my horse. It belonged to Ben Abbott. Talk to him. Now, get out of my way. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Let him handle his own dirty business. Look, Mr. Monroe. Get out of my way. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow... There's proof that things are just about as wrong in this case and as dangerous as they can get. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Roy Rowan speaking. Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Ready with your call to Mr. Pearson in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, thanks, operator. Hold on, please. Go ahead. Hello? Hello, Johnny? Yeah. I got your wire. Hold up payment on the Abbott claim? That's right. Anything wrong? I haven't talked to Abbott yet. The people I have talked to are all wrong. The veterinarian who handled a horse, a secretary in Abbott's office, and an office manager he fired... There's something cockeyed around here. Any ideas? Not yet. Okay. We'll hold up the claim on your say-so, and if there was anything wrong about that horse's death, you better find out about it. No. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Universal Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Duke Red Matter in San Pietro, California. Expense account item three, 48 cents, postage. I sent a registered letter containing a copy of Dr. Gorey's injury report on the racehorse Duke Red to a veterinarian service in Cleveland, asking them to verify the extent of injuries to the animal. Item four, 25 cents, toll call to the Abbott's branch outside of San Pietro. Whoever answered the phone told me that Mr. Abbott was busy somewhere in the grounds. I didn't bother to leave my name. Instead, I drove right on out. The Abbott breeding farm was complete with white fences, rolling green hills, bluegrass, and a stately old colonial residence set at the end of a long roadway among towering trees. From the porch of the house, I was able to see the stables and a trainer working with a horse out on the ranch track. Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. My name's Johnny Dollar. I'd like to see Mr. Abbott, please. Uh, yes, sir. Come in, please, sir. I'll try to find Mr. Dollar. You want to wait here, sir? Thank you. He left me standing in one of the biggest living rooms I'd ever seen in my life. I took a plant in front of the fireplace, lit up a cigarette, and began to look at the pictures and statues of racing horses lining the mantelpiece. Pretty soon, things started. A blonde girl in a yellow suit walked in, having an argument with a gray-haired man in Jotfors. They didn't see me as they entered, or they just didn't pay any attention to me. Pardon. Strong enough to have brains enough to live as you please. I forbid oh, you to... Oh, I know what you're going to say. Oh, <clears> about how you forbid it and it can't go on. Well, let me tell you, it can go on just as long as I want it to go on, and I don't care what you do. Now, you listen to me, young lady. As long as you're in this house and under this roof, you will conduct yourself according to the way I dictate. Dictate? Yes. Who are you, Hitler or somebody? Don't whatever you do interfere with me again. Ever. Terry. I'm sick of it. Do you hear me? Sick of it. That was as much as I heard, but then it didn't last long. I saw them go out and walk around the garden once, shake fists at each other, finally part. He disappeared up a narrow stairway, and then, about a minute later... Wait a minute. Hello. Hello. How long have you been here? Uh, too long. Oh. Why didn't you speak up? <laughs> well, I cleared my throat a couple of times, but no good. Then I... I tried to look like I didn't hear anything. Nothing seemed to work. If it helps any, I'll keep it all under my hat. I won't tell a soul. He doesn't like the company I keep. What do you think of that? I don't know anything about it. Give me a general viewpoint at least. Well, I've run into a lot of parents who don't approve of the kind of company their sons or daughters keep. In my court of human relations, parents don't always know what kind of company their daughters and sons need. When those daughters and sons reach the age when they need company. Good. You're on my side. I didn't finish. On the other hand, daughters and sons have the same problem. They don't seem to know either. You're a coward. Who are you? Johnny Dollar. I'm here to see Mr. Abbott about insurance. Was that Mr. Abbott? Yes. You're not an insurance salesman. You're here about Duke Red, about what happened to him, aren't you? That's right. I'm Terry Abbott. Glad to know you. How much money did Daddy have Red insured for? $65,000. $65,000. Hmm. I, um, I don't suppose you have a cigarette. Sure. 
Thank you. Has the claim been paid yet? No, not yet. If Red had made the tracks this year, he would have doubled that. Tripled it, probably. There's not enough money in the world to replace that horse. He was a great running horse. I've heard that before. Dr. Gorey mentioned it. Look, I, I'm sorry all this happened. Dad shouldn't have shot Red. We understand he was injured beyond hope. That's a lie. That's a what? Dad shouldn't have shot him. He just shouldn't have done it. Red was the only horse in the whole stables worth anything. The only thing around here worth anything. Wasn't the horse injured? Injured? Oh, that's what you'll hear. They'll all tell you that. But I can tell you something else. Terry, what are you talking about, anyhow? He's an insurance man, Dad, and I can tell him the whole thing, and I will. Go to your room, Terry. It was a terrible thing to do, shooting Reddit. It was just like murder, and you know Be it. Be quiet and go to your room. It was murder. 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 Stop it. <laughs> now, go to your room. Thank you for the cigarette, Mr. Dollar. She's been terrible about all this. Very upset. Any time I've had her destroy an animal around here, she gets like that. Been that way ever since she was a little girl. I see. I knew I'd have to put up with her acting like this, but I'm reluctant to apologize to you for her actions or for mine. Jim Gorey told me you were in to see him yesterday afternoon. I wish Dr. Gorey hadn't told you that. I intended to tell you myself, Mr. Abbott. If I've offended you, I'm sorry for it. Makes me look I'm doing, doing something shady. You could have come right to me instead of going to Dr. Gorey. I tried to. You were out. Then you could have waited till I came in. If this is the way that insurance company operates, I might have to find a different one. Look, Mr. Rabbit, there's quite a bit of money at stake here. We have to go to everybody during an investigation. Dr. Gorey ordered the horse destroyed. It seemed very reasonable to go to him and ask why he took that action. We want to know all the circumstances. If you talk to Gorey, you know them. Why are you bothering me? What do you want? I want all the information you can give me about the accident. The time, date, people who saw it, exactly what happened, where it happened. Do you always handle a case this way? It's the way I'm handling this one. I don't like it very much, sneaking around behind my back. No matter what you think of me or my methods, Mr. Abbott, I'm the man assigned to handle this claim. My report has to be completed before the matter can be settled. They don't know what they're doing, sending a man like you out here. You filed a claim. What did you expect? A little decency and respect and courtesy. That's what I expected. That fool Monroe filed the claim. I understand he had power of attorney as your office manager to do that. Well, he did it too soon. I would have waited until things calmed down around here a bit. What do you mean? Well, you saw how my daughter acts. Losing a fine racing animal like Red can have a bad moral effect on the entire ranch. That's what I mean. Monroe didn't use his head. So you fired him? Well, that's one of the reasons, yes. Well, the reason is I don't like him. Never did like him. What business is that of yours? Are you here to accuse me of something? Mr. Abbott, we'll pay off your claim when we're satisfied the circumstances were proper. We're not satisfied now. Let's discuss those circumstances. I'm not afraid of you, Dollar, or your insurance company. I don't like you snooping around my office in town, talking to my friends about me, talking to my daughter about me. No man would. If I don't get my information from you, Mr. Abbott, I'll get it somewhere else. That'll drag this whole matter out. What I've seen of you so far and what information I do have isn't exactly in your favor. I don't like that kind of talk. You don't seem to like anything about this. Now, how about it? Do we keep this up or do we get down to business? The trainer was bringing Red back from his afternoon exercise. 
Outside the stall, Red got scared. A mouse or something. He reared back and jammed into the blade of the tractor we used out on the track. It cut into his Achilles tendon, hamstrung him. When Dr. Gorey got here, he said that Red didn't have a chance, so I shot him. I'd like to talk to the trainer. What's his name? Tom Warner. Where can I find him? He isn't around anymore. I fired him right then and there. Told him to get off my property and stay off. Where'd he go, Mr. Evans? I don't know. He took his things and cleared out as fast as he could. He knew better than to hang around here. Well, what do you mean by that? What I said. He knew better. That's what I mean. Well, I'll have to find him and talk to him. Who else was there when it happened? No one. Just me. The rest of them were up at the house having dinner. No stable hand, sure boy. I just told you, no one. How about right afterwards? I went to the office in the stable and called Dr. Gorey. Before or after you fired Tom Warner? After I fired him. You were there alone with an injured horse? You didn't call up to the house for help, send for anyone up there? You went in and called Dr. Gorey? Yes, we handled it together. Any objections? It would have been better. Perhaps we could have avoided all this unpleasantness if you'd left the remains for us to examine. Dollar. I've got maybe 150 head on this farm. Now and then accidents happen. If one of my stock is dead, I get rid of it as fast as I can with as few people as involved as possible. I do that for a number of reasons. That's the way I operate. Nevertheless, you were aware the insurance company would ask you for proof of loss in this matter, and if the you... The insurance only... company does not run my farm. I run a dollar, and I take orders from no one. Look, I'm trying to tell you the problem we face. We have no carcass to examine. Therefore, we have to ascertain the facts from other sources. Did your daughter see any of this? The accident or destroying the horse? Terry. Yeah. Of course not. You mean those crazy things she was saying when I walked into the room? Well, in view of the crazy circumstances, what she was saying might be worth listening to, Mr. Abbott. Huh. I had the impression that she saw the accident. Pipe dreams. She wasn't even around. I'd like to talk to her just the same. Collie! Collie! You talk to anybody you like, Tom. I don't care. But I hope you made notes today because you've already got all the information you're going to get from me. Yes, sir, Mr. Abbott. Yes, sir. Collie, I want you to look at this man. Yes, sir. His name's Johnny Dollar. Yes, sir. If he comes knocking at this door again, if he even comes to the front gate, if you see him on the grounds ever again, throw him out. I don't want him around here. Yes, sir, Mr. Abbott. And right now, Cully, you can just show him out. You're being foolish about this, Mr. Abbott. Show him out, Cully. This way, Mr. Dollar, sir. Never mind. I can find my own way. Dollar, sir. Mr. Dollar. Huh? Uh, just a minute, sir, if you please, sir. Sorry about that in there, sir. I, I don't believe Mr. Abbott really meant it. Sounded that way to me, Cully. I know how it sounds. He just, well, not himself. You understand. It's not quite, no. Losing the horse and all. Sounds to me more like he's losing his mind. Does it, sir? Huh? Do you think Mr. Abbott's losing his mind? you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, sometimes I do. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, the whole case starts to fall apart like a man full of bullet wounds. Which is just about the case. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Who? Johnny Dollar, the insurance investigator. This is Miss Abbott, isn't it? Yes. What are you doing in the stable office? Waiting for you to call me. Your father threw me off the farm a few minutes ago. A man named Cully, who works for your dad, said he really didn't mean it. Said he'd fix it up for me to talk to you. Cully? I guess that's why he asked me to phone the stable office. You told me the horse wasn't injured, shouldn't have been destroyed. I hope you didn't believe all that, Mr. Dollar. Well, now, look, I've got to settle a $65,000 claim on the death of a racehorse. The carcass was cremated, and I have no evidence that the horse was destroyed or even injured. I don't know what to believe yet, but I can tell you this. Don't ever talk to an insurance investigator the way you did earlier today, not unless you can back it up. My, you sound grim. You sound like it's a laughing matter. Hardly anything's a laughing matter. I'll be right down. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. Location, San Pietro, California. To the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Universal Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Duke Red matter. Fifteen minutes after I spoke with Terry Abbott on the phone, I looked out the window of the stable office and saw her starting down toward the stables. She'd changed clothes. This time, she was wearing blue jeans and riding boots. She carried a quirt in one hand, a cigarette in the other. There was a scarf or some such tied around her hair. All in all, it was a classic impression. Rich girl, racing horses, and fast cars. She wore a disdainful pout, also classic. Hi. I do. Father asked me where I was going, and I told him I was going for a ride. Why'd he throw you out? He didn't like questions I asked him, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I won't like the questions you asked me. Possibly. Probably. You don't really work very hard trying to please anyone, do you? Industrial hazard in my business. Hope it doesn't bother you too much, Miss Abbott. Nope, I like it. You're so darn sure of yourself, and you know so darn little, and you look like you might be thinking all kinds of things. 
How tall are you? No, no, no. Let me guess. Six one? Not quite. Well, you're tall enough, I suppose. Do you like this office? I suppose you've been opening the files and going through all of Father's papers. That's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Nope. Well, unless you know something about horses, the papers around here wouldn't mean much to you. Times, weights, whole schedule and chart for every bit of stock on the place. Do you know anything about horses? Just one. Duke Red. Oh. He was insured for $65,000. And he's dead now. You know, I didn't think I'd ever see you again. I wanted to talk to you before I left. What about? I didn't insure Duke Red. My father insured him. Your business is with my dad, not me, Mr. Dollar. Pardon me if I seem a little confused, but earlier today you were very anxious to tell me something about all that. Was I? Yes, you were. Hey, what is this anyway? I wish we hadn't met. But we did, and you mentioned there was no need to destroy Duke Red after he'd been injured. Now, did you say something like that to me because you were angry at your father? Or did you say it because there was some truth to it? Well, now, what's that supposed to mean? Do you just stand around and pout when people ask you questions? Did you mean that horse wasn't injured or that he was injured, but that he could have been saved? Well, did you have any reason at all for saying the things you did? I... I've been very upset lately. All of us around here have been very upset. Yeah, I'm getting that way myself. Duke Red was the best horse we've had around these stables in five years. His father was a real champion, Earl Red. Maybe you've heard of him. He earned $190,000. We've all been counting on Duke Red since he was a colt. He had it then. This was going to be his big year. When this stupid accident happened, it, it just turned all of us upside down. Uh-huh. Is that your explanation for the things you said to me? Yes, for the moment. Now, please, don't ask me any more questions right now. One more. What? Your father fired a couple of people I wanted to talk with. One of them was a Howard Monroe. Dad's office manager. Yes, I met him a couple of nights ago. He wouldn't talk. He was too mad. Said something about letting your father handle his own dirty business. What? Now, I don't know what that meant, and I don't think I care just now. But the other man who was fired was a horse trainer named Warner, Tom Warner. According to your father, it was Warner's neglect that caused the horse to stumble and back into the tractor blades. What? Warner isn't around here now, but he must be somewhere, and I want to talk to him. Now, where can I find out his address? He's from Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore. What about his address? Well, it'd be in the personnel files. You can get those at the office in town in San Pietro. Okay. Do you think he went there? I don't know. I don't know. And what's more, I don't care. The Abbots, father and daughter, were turning out to be a real peachy pair to deal with. I left them in their racing farm and drove back into San Pietro in the offices where I obtained the Baltimore address on Thomas Warner. Expense account item four, one dollar and five cents, one telegram. To Hartford in the office of Niles Pearson, requesting a complete record of Benjamin Abbott's financial status. Item five, one dollar and sixty cents, another telegram. To Thomas Warner, horse trainer requesting him to contact me as soon as possible at the San Pietro Hotel. Meanwhile, I did what I could to establish Abbott's local credit standing. I started with a bank. Dollar? That's right. What's it about? I'm an insurance investigator. I'm working for Universal Adjustment Bureau. We have a claim in on a property of Benjamin Abbott. Duke Red? That's right, $65,000. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a load. What can the bank do for you? Tell me about Abbott's credit situation, for one thing. Oh. He does bank here, I presume. Yeah, for years. 
My name's Dale Ryan. We better go in my office. Sure. Grab a chair, Dollar. Thanks. Miss White? Yes, Mr. O'Ryan. Bring in Mr. Abbott's file, please. Up to date. Yes, sir. It'll take a few minutes, Dollar. All right. Maybe you can give me a rundown on how things are generally. Maybe. This is all confidential, I suppose. Absolutely, Mr. O'Ryan. I have no axe to grind. You must have something to grind or you wouldn't be here. People usually try to cheat insurance companies for money reasons, don't they? Well, usually, yes. Have you been cheated? I don't know. I don't know if there's any reason for us to be cheated. Look, maybe it'll put your mind at ease if I just tell you that a man with a $65 claim has his financial situation checked as a matter of course. You're a careful bunch of cut-ups, aren't you? Well, business being the way it is, yeah. Well, I don't think you'll find too much to raise an eyebrow about with old Ben. He's got one of the largest balances in town. Roughly, it'd be in the $100,000 area. Yeah, racing horses is quite a business, and he knows what he's doing. I doubt very much if he'd try to bamboozle you people out of a tiny little 65000 Well, that's small change to Ben Abbott. That ranch, the stock, his investment there must come to well over a million dollars. He meets a weekly payroll in the $10,000 class. Terry must run him a couple of thousand a month or so. You mean his daughter? Yeah. You met her? Yeah. Well... Yeah, when Terry wants a new car, she just parks the old one she's been driving and takes a plane to San Francisco and buys a new one. She might even feel like having a vacation and fly over to Honolulu. She's very expensive that way. <laughs> if what you say is true, she must be. No doubt about it. Well, she'll probably be marrying somebody one of these days as soon as she can find a guy who can stand the freight charges. I figure it'll be one of that Los Angeles oil gang or somebody from Texas. Oil's her best bet, don't you think? Well, that is, if she wants to stay in her social circle isn't very wide, naturally. Naturally. Oh, yes? Mr. O'Ryan. Oh, come in, come in. Mr. Abbott's folder. Oh, thanks. Well, here it is. See for yourself. Yeah. There's a lot to it. You want to take that office over there and look this over, Mr. Dollar? Mr. Dollar? Yeah, I think I'd better. I spent the rest of the afternoon going over Benjamin Abbott's local bank standing. It confirmed in detail what Mr. O'Ryan had sent in general. His assets were many, his cash on hand plentiful. Also, and this has a bearing, the activities of his daughter Terry were indicated in some of the expenditures. There was only one item I had to question O'Ryan about when I'd finished looking it all over. Yes, Dollar? I, uh, I noticed a check was drawn five days ago payable to Howard T. Monroe, $5,500. Yes? It's marked... Bonus. Monroe handled business affairs for Abbott a year or two, and Monroe left a few days ago. Probably severance and things like that. Yeah. Uh, anything wrong? I don't know. For all I can gather, they didn't part company under the best of terms. As a matter of fact, they had kind of a row. It seems strange he'd pay Monroe a balance after he kicked him out. He's a strange guy. Check cleared all right. No question on it. Oh, yeah, I noticed. Something else, then. Hmm? Monroe was fired last Tuesday. Monday, a man named Thomas Warner was fired, too. Tom Warner? The trainer? Yeah. Abbott told me Warner was responsible for the accident with Duke Red. Funny. What? According to these books, Abbott should still owe Thomas Warner a month's salary, $700. Let me see. Oh, yes. No bonus, no salary, no severance. Seems to me Tom Warner's got a kick coming. 
Why doesn't he kick, Mr. Orion? I don't know. I would. Most anybody would. I rechecked Abbott's local office in San Pietro and learned that Warner had not left any kind of forwarding address. As a matter of fact, he told no one he was leaving. Expense account item six, dollar ninety-eight, dinner alone in the dining room adjacent to the lobby of the San Pietro Hotel. I wasn't enjoying my chef's special with a limp green salad when the clerk came in. Mr. Dollar, hmm? I uh, thought you might be in here. A long distance call for you, Baltimore, Maryland. Oh yeah, fine. Where can I take you? Use the lobby phone, Mr. Dollar. I'll plug you in from the switchboard. Yeah, uh, go ahead. They're on the line now. Good. Thanks. Thanks very much. Hello? Hello? Hello. Is this Johnny Dollar, the man who sent the telegram? Yes. Who's this? Uh, this is Thomas Warner's father. Uh, the wire I opened it, it said it was important for Thomas to get in touch with you. I thought I'd better call and tell you where you could reach him, Mr. Dollar. Well, that's very kind of you, sir. I come home from work. I think this is best. Uh, you call him in San Pietro. He worked near there for a man named Benjamin Abbott. Uh, ben Abbott, training horses. You you get in touch with Thomas. Oh, Mr. wait Abbott. a minute. I'm in San Pietro now, Mr. Warner. Your son left here four days ago. Didn't he come home? No. Are you sure Thomas is not at Mr. Benjamin Abbott's farm? Positive. Do you have any other ideas where he could be? No. Not sound like Thomas, though, Mr. Dollar. He would not go off away with, without letting his mother and me know. Are you sure? I am sure, certain. Thomas, my son, he always let my wife and I know where he is so we don't worry. Something is wrong, Mr. Dollar? What? Is something wrong? Yeah. Maybe there is. Yeah. Plenty. Here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow? Well, sometimes a dead man can answer a lot of questions. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood, written by John Dawson. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking.
From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. You placed a call to the Universal Adjustment Bureau in Hartford, Connecticut? Yes, I did. We have Mr. Pearson on the line now. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Hello? Johnny? Niles. Ben Abbott's rating with Dunn and Bradstreet is very good. He doesn't need any money. I still haven't determined if there was really an accident. Oh, and uh, no one seems to know what happened to Thomas Warner. Who's that? The trainer who was supposed to be with a horse when Abbott destroyed it. One, his father called me from Baltimore. He doesn't know where he is either. Is that so? Something just occurred to me, Niles. What? Abbott's claim was filed over a week ago, yet he hasn't threatened to sue us or go to the insurance commission. Why, no. And that's usually pretty standard procedure with a man like Abbott. It is. If he has a just claim. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. Location, San Pietro, California. To the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Universal Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Duke Red matter. I had a strong suspicion that the death of Duke Red, a racehorse, had not happened as reported. The one man who could possibly answer my questions was missing. He had left the Abbott Ranch in San Pietro without collecting a month's back pay and without telling anybody about his forwarding address. Hi. Mr. Dollar. Hello, Kelly. Mr. Dollar, you can make this pretty hard for me. Mr. Abbott told me I shouldn't let you on the ground. Well, now, you didn't strike me as the kind of fellow who took that order too seriously. What do you want, sir? I want Thomas Warner, wherever he is. Well, he isn't here. I know that, Kelly. I want to find out where he is. Probably went home. I talked to his father in Baltimore. His father hasn't heard from him. Oh. Wouldn't you like to know where he is? Men come and go, Mr. Dollar. Your friend's with them for a little while, and then you never hear from them again. I reckon that's the way we have to look at it. Now, maybe you better go now, Mr. Dollar. Suppose he didn't want to go without saying goodbye. Suppose he didn't have a choice. What do you mean? I mean a man doesn't pass up a month's pay just to make a fancy exit. We can't talk here, sir. Where did Thomas want to stay? He had a room off the stables, his own place. How about there? All right, Mr. Dollar. You wait for me, sir. I walked on down to the stables again and found the little apartment Thomas Warner had used for living quarters. The door was locked and I waited outside, looking over the workout tracks and the acres of rolling green turf that made Abbott Farms. A little while, Cully appeared. I shouldn't be doing this, Mr. Dollar. Mr. Abbott would skin me alive if he knew I was having any truck with you after that big row you had with him yesterday. Well, I'm not about to tell, Mr. Abbott, Kelly. I appreciate your help. This is where Mr. Warner stayed all the time he worked for Mr. Abbott. Uh-huh. You can see for yourself, it's all cleaned out, not a stitch left. Yeah. Did you happen to see Warner leave here that night? Right after the accident, he was gone. Mr. Abbott came up to the house about 9 o'clock. He told us all that Duke Red had been hurt. He had to shoot him. 
and that he had taken care of the rest. You mean destroying the carcass? Yes, sir. That's a pretty big job for one man. Well, I believe Dr. Gorey helped him with it, sir. He, he was with Mr. Abbott. Oh. Then Mr. Abbott told us that Mr. Warner was to blame for the accident and that Mr. Warner wasn't with us anymore. I wonder if any of the others saw him actually leave the premises. Well, now, we talked about that amongst ourselves. Nobody saw him go, Mr. Dollar. We thought it was kind of funny. Tom was a friendly, quiet sort of man, but he had a lot of friends here. Mm-hmm. It kind of disappointed us all, I guess. Do you have many things in this room? Clothes, mostly. He was a light traveler, Mr. Dollar. Horse training was just one thing. He worked on ships and in mining camps and lumber mills. I know that much. And he read a lot. Always seemed to be studying, finding himself. Did he have a temper? No, sir. No, sir. That's one thing Mr. Tom didn't have. Good horse trainer can't afford to have a temper. Even Mr. Abbott he could handle. All except that night, I guess. Mr. Abbott got powerful mad, I'm sure. Mr. Mr. Abbott is not an easy man to work for. How long have you been with him, Cully? Twenty-three years, sir. We were together in Maryland before he moved the stables to California. His bad temper hasn't bothered you? Mr. Abbott was different than he is now. I mean, when Ms. Abbott was alive. But then when she died and raising Miss Terry, he hasn't had it so easy. I mean, easy with himself. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think so. I worry about Mr. Abbott, Mr. Dollar. He don't seem to run himself well sometimes. You know what I mean. Yeah. Maybe Duke Red being gone now will help. Mr. Abbott counted on that animal a lot. Counting on a racehorse is not just being anxious overnight or for a week, but being anxious for years, from the time they're colts to when they first step out. Now, he don't have that worry at all. Maybe it'll do him some good. What about his other horses? Them? Well, none of them like Duke Red. Not the same at all. They'll race and make money, but nothing like Duke Red. Yeah. Mr. Warner said he was a fine horse. Tell me, what kind of a car did Mr. Warner drive? But he didn't have a car, Mr. Dollar. Well, how do you suppose he left here? He must have been carrying luggage. I reckon so. He could have lugged him out the highway and flagged himself a ride or waited for the bus. They come by all the time. Think he might have called a cab in town? Didn't use a house phone. Maybe the one down in the stable office. Maybe someone drove him in, Cully. Miss Terry might have, sir. Huh? Miss Terry drove Mr. Warner around now and then. Did Mr. Abbott approve of that? No, sir. He did not. After my talk with Cully, I took a chance and hung around the stables trying to get a line on Thomas Warner. Ben Abbott's belligerent attitude seemed to permeate the whole farm. The horse handlers I talked with were grumbling and complaining. I was able to learn nothing from them. I decided to tackle Abbott himself again. He wasn't in, but his daughter was. Well, you came around just the right time, Mr. Dollar. We haven't had too much excitement around here all day long. I think they're supposed to toss you out on your ear when you show up. That should be interesting. Would you like a drink? No, not right now, thanks. Not right now, thanks. Now, isn't that the end, the bitter end? So precise, so efficient, so determined, so anxious to do a good job. To be a sober, steady, substantial expert bore. Now, what is it? Who are you mad at, Terry? Tom Warner? Why should I be mad at him? Horse trainer. Because he left and didn't say goodbye? Maybe. You know, when I first came in this house two days ago, you were arguing with your father. I couldn't help overhearing it. Was that about Tom Warner? Yes. 
Dad said he wasn't good enough for me. I'm all right now. Something else that day. That business you were telling me about before. It'll have to be looked into. Why, for heaven's sake? Because you intimated that your father and Dr. Gorey might be lying about the whole thing. Do you realize that if there's any truth to it, your father would be liable for criminal charges? I know. I was just trying to put Dad in a bad light with you. It was just for good old-fashioned first-class spite. Him telling me about not seeing Tom and all. We've been arguing for weeks about it. When I saw you the other day, I thought it was a good chance to get back at Dad. I see. Tell me about the trouble over Warner. Why tell you? Well, let's say I'm an interested party. I like you, Terry. Well, Tom and I saw quite a bit of each other, and Dad never liked it. I suppose because I'm all he has left. Mother and Bob, he was my older brother, were killed in an airplane accident a few years ago. Dad's always expected me to marry one of the Long Island horses set, the turf, something, I don't know. Anything but a horse trainer. He's been looking for an excuse to get rid of Tom. Your father doesn't strike me as the kind of man who would have to give an excuse to fire someone he didn't want around. Well, he found an excuse. He blamed the accident on Tom. Do you think he's mad? What's that? Nothing. Do you suppose your father will ever calm down so I can talk to him? I don't know. The Abbots have always been a terribly angry group of people, very emotional. There doesn't seem to be much of a let-up these days. Terry, is that what you meant when you asked me if I thought your father was mad? I suppose so. It's almost as if he's been on the verge of, of something lately, something desperate. His moods frighten me sometimes. They didn't used to. I, I don't easily frighten. But looking back, two years ago, Daddy bought a new car. We were out driving one day right after he bought it, and something went wrong. The gear shifter, some little thing. Well, Daddy was so angry, he, he just backed the car up and smashed it into a cement wall and left it. That was when he first frightened me. The first time that I can remember. Have you been frightened much? Since then? Oh, yes, many times. That's why Tom was so nice to have around. He, he never became angry. Never did things like that. Like the men... The men I know. Tom sat quietly, and he let me sit beside him, reading, talking. I'm not that kind, really, of course, but I, I liked it with Tom. I liked it very much. You asked me about him, Johnny. Well, I'll tell you. If he'd come to say goodbye to me, there would have been no goodbye. I would have gone away with him anywhere. I was in love with him from the first day he came to work here. I still am. I always will be. Well, that's all there is to tell. Did he know this, Terry? Yes. And he knew I meant it. How do? Hi. What can I do for you? Constable in. I'm in. I'm the constable. Tad Polk. My name's Johnny Dollar. I'm from Hartford. Mm-hmm. What's your trouble, Mr. Dollar? Well, I'm worried, I guess, Mr. Polk. I, I walked around for a long time before I came in here. Yeah. Sit down. And hardly anybody drops in this time of night, unless they're drunk. How about you? Nope. No, didn't think so. Mr. Polk, 
I'm an insurance investigator. I've been in San Pietro three days now trying to get the facts about a claim filed by Benjamin Abbott. Mm-hmm. I suppose about his horse, Duke Red. That's right, Mr. Polk. I can't seem to locate a man named Warner, Thomas Warner. Worked as a trainer for Abbott up until the day of the accident. Go ahead, sir. Warner and Abbott had an argument over the accident. Warner left. He was fired. His folks in Baltimore haven't heard from him, and they're worried. I can't seem to get a line on him myself, and I need to talk to him. Yes, well, what exactly do you want me to do for you, son? Help me find him. You sure he's missing? He isn't around. You want to make out a missing persons complaint, that it? I suppose so, yes. Yes, all right. Now, you just sign here. All right. There. You guarantee results? I might surprise you, mister. I'll let you know what happens. Here's our star to tell you about the final intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, well, it all hinges on a decent man who knows he's loved and never said goodbye. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Dr. Gorey. You left word for me to call? Yes. Wonder if I could see you sometime today, Doctor. What about? About the Abbott matter. No. I'm kind of busy today. I talked to you once, Mr. Dollar. What else can I say to you? That's up to you, Doctor. Entirely up to you. I can tell you this... I have reason not to believe what you said before. Now, look here, young man. I have reason to believe that Duke Red wasn't destroyed exactly the way it was reported. I'm not going to listen to any tall tales about a horse. Then maybe you'll listen to one about a man. What? Thomas Warner, Duke Red's trainer, is missing. I've turned the matter over to the police. Oh. Oh. Yeah. How about it, Dr. Gorey? Do we talk? All right, Mr. Dollar. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. Location, San Pietro, California. To the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Universal Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Duke Red matter. Expense account item 8, 90 cents. Breakfast for me and coffee for Constable Tad Polk, San Pietro Police Department. Yes, sir. I'm glad we could get together this morning, Mr. Dollar. You know, I thought a long time about you reporting Tom Warner missing. Well, maybe I'm worried for nothing. But I do know I don't like the circumstances of his disappearance. You using me, Mr. Dollar? What? You know I got a police force of four men. We can't conduct any sizable investigation into a disappearance. Just aren't equipped for it. I thought it might be something like that. I don't want to be spending civic money to satisfy some doubts in the mind of your organization. It's not my province, Mr. Dollar. Look, the man's missing. Nobody knows where he is. He didn't leave a trace. He did leave a month's pay behind him. He left after an argument with Abbott. Nobody saw him leave that farm, Constable. No one knows where he is now. Now, just hold on to your britches, boy. I didn't say I wouldn't do anything about it. Huh? I'm going out and have a talk with Ben Abbott, Mr. Dollar. I've known him for a long time. Think maybe I can find out something about this. We'll see what happens there first, then make some plans. That sounds fair enough, Constable. Where can I get in touch with you in case I have to? I'm going over to see Dr. Gorey this morning. After that, I'll be at my hotel. Fine. Dollar? Yeah? You think something might have happened to Tom Warner? Yeah, Constable. I sure do. Expense account item nine, $2.50. One long-distance phone call to Hartford. I explained the matter of Tom Warner and requested Niles Pearson to have a man in Baltimore start checking with Warner's parents there in the event some lead as to his whereabouts might turn up there. After that, I drove out to see Dr. Gorey, veterinarian. You know, you have a way of not being very nice on the telephone. What is it now, Mr. Dollar? I just talked to my home office in Hartford, Dr. Gorey. They aren't very happy with the way this case has been going. They're too bad about them in Hartford. How does it affect me? Well, they're just about at the point where they might close it and call me back home. All this fuss and... They're going to pay the claim? No, no, not at all. I don't mean they're going to pay at all. What? They can do one of two things. They can appeal to the insurance commission for a judgment. They'd have a point. No reliable or cooperative witnesses saw the accident to the horse or the circumstances of it. What's more, there's no carcass. For all we know, the horse may be down in Mexico. Now, look, or here. they can institute proceedings against Abbott. Charge him with attempt to defraud. That's ridiculous. Why would a man worth almost a million dollars worry about an insurance policy? Well, of course, it's ridiculous to you and me, Doctor. But then legally, it's not ridiculous at all. I can pretty well put some things together. Abbott didn't even want to file a claim for the loss of that horse. As a matter of fact, he fired his office manager, Monroe, for filing the claim. Fired him and paid him a bonus to get out and stay out so Monroe wouldn't have to answer any questions, true? Possibly. Abbott blamed the accident on Thomas Warner and fired him, too. Warner hasn't been seen or heard of since. Now, you said on the phone... I didn't say it, but I'll say it now. Abbott hated Warner because Warner was seeing his daughter. I'll also say Abbott never struck me as a man who could control his hates. Tom Warner's nothing to me. I don't know anything about him. But Ben Abbott is something to you. Now, look, Doctor... I spent some time checking you out because you're one of the parties who can help settle this thing. You've been in practice around here for a good long time. People seem to think a lot of you. I hate to see a nice guy like you get the book. I think I can stop that if you cooperate. Now, look here. Forget I'm an insurance investigator. I'm just a guy giving you some information. When I said my company's ready to turn the matter over to the insurance commission or file charges, it means that Abbott will have to sue for settlement. 
And that's just what we'd want him to do. In court, he'd have to produce Thomas Warner and prove his story of the accident. I don't think he can produce Thomas Warner. With what we have so far, Abbott would lose the suit, and the insurance company wouldn't fool around then. There's no outfit tougher than an insurance company when somebody's trying to cheat them, whether it's inadvertent or not. You'd have to be in court too, Doctor. Oh. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Well, how about it? Can you give me the real story now? I've been Ben Abbott's friend for 20 years. And he asked you to lie for him. That's understandable to me. In a court, though, it's perjury. What'll it do to him? That's up to the company. I'll have to hear your part of it first. Duke Red was dead when I got out there that night. Ben had shot him. Duke Red hadn't had any accident. Ben made me promise to tell you that he had. Ben had just shot him. Shot him? But why? Duke Red wasn't the horse Ben counted on or thought he was. He had good confirmation, but he just wouldn't run. Couldn't run, I think. Ben got mad about that and shot him. And Tom Warner saw it happen, is that it? Yeah. Ben told me Warner saw him shoot the horse. He gave Warner some money and told him to go away. Uh, I don't know. Ben's losing his mind, I think. I've heard that about him before. From who? His daughter. Terry. Yeah. Poor Terry. Yes, she'd have reason to say that. Huh? Now what? I'll have to talk to Abbott. Sure. One thing still worries me. What's that? I went over his bank record. He paid out money to Monroe, but he didn't pay out anything to Thomas Warner. He told me that he did. Okay, then. I'll ask him about that, too. Expense account item 10, 35 cents. I lost it in a payphone trying to get in touch with Ben Abbott. No one answered, so I drove on out to the farm. The short winter day was over when I got there. Darkness had already come over the fields. Darkness and loneliness. Hey. Hey in there, open up. Open up. Open up, somebody, open up. Mr. Dollar, sir. Good evening. Hello, Kelly. Didn't you hear me? Uh, Mr. Dollar, sir, maybe this isn't such a good time to be coming around. Is Mr. Abbott here? Yes, sir, he is. But Constable Polk was out here this afternoon asking questions, and he got powerful mad. There's no telling what he might do. He's awful mad. Well, I'm a little mad myself. I'd like to see him. Tell him I'm here. Mr. Dollar, please. That's all right, Kelly. You go ahead. All right, Miss Terry. I'll find Mr. Abbott, Mr. Dollar. Hello, Johnny. Hi. Oh, don't. Don't come any closer. Well, what is it? Why is it so dark in here? I'd rather you didn't see me just now. Huh? Terry. Vanity. A woman always has that first, they say. Oh, John. Who did this to you? Dad. He's crazy. I just don't seem to do anything to here, please him. Here, here now. Oh, Johnny, I think it's the end. Here, here now. Take your hands off her. What? what? I said, take your hands off or I'll kill you with this. Johnny, be careful. Wait a minute. I'll show you. I'll show you. I killed the man. Please stop it. Stop it. Terry. 
pretty baby. No, no, don't touch me. Oh, Johnny, Johnny. That's a pretty heavy cane he uses. Oh, lie still. I'll phone a doctor. No, no. Where'd he go? I don't know. Out that way. Johnny, did you hear? About killing someone else? He was talking about Tom Warner. Johnny, I know it. He was talking about Tom. I placed a call to Constable Polk's office, told him what happened. He said he'd start right away. After that, I took a long around the grounds. All the cars were still in the garages. Then I heard some sort of disturbance down by the stables. Father! Don't come any closer. I've got a shotgun this time. I have a gun too, Mr. Abbott. Go away from here. Get in your car and go away from here. The police will be here in a few minutes. Look, this won't do you any good. Abbott, did you hear me? It'll be better for you if you're in the house ready to make a statement for them when they come. I know that Dr. Corey lied for you, Abbott. I know that you killed that horse deliberately. Abbott! I told you to get away from here! You said you'd kill someone. You were talking about Tom Warner, weren't you? You killed him because of Terry. Last warning. Go away. I won't go away. But you'd better throw that gun away and come on out here. I'm not afraid of you. The whole bunch of you! You're just being foolish, Abbott. Like you were the day you smashed up a new car because some little thing on it didn't work. The way you killed that valuable horse because you didn't like his running. The way you killed Tom Warner without reason. You're smashing your whole life now this way. Put down that gun and come out. Abbott! That's enough! Abbott. Abbott. Oh, you didn't have to do it this way, Abbott. Lie still. Warner's body. Under this floor. All his things with it. You know about Duke Red. I know. Don't try to talk. Warner tried to stop me from killing him. He said I was crazy, darling. Easy. I'm not crazy. Am I, Dollar? Don't move. Am I? Am I? No. You're not crazy. Not anymore. They found the body of Thomas Warner where Abbott had said it was. He'd been shot to death. Terry was still in the hospital when I packed up and left San Pietro. Expense account item 11, $65.30. Hotel and board at the San Pietro Hotel. Item 12, $175. Airfare and incidentals back to Hartford. Item 13, $43 even. Miscellaneous. Expense account total, $802.65. No remarks. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, there'll be another intriguing story for you beginning next Monday night. Next week, the Flight 6 matter. A story involving a girl so beautiful that men were willing to kill for her. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Barbara Fuller, Barbara Eiler, Herb Butterfield, John Stevenson, Parley Bear, Will Wright, Robert Bruce, and Forrest Lewis. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. Thank <laughs> you.